Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Hello, everyone. Thanks so very much for tuning in on this Sunday evening. I'm so blessed to be part of your Sunday evening. Thanks for giving me some time today. And I never take that for granted. We at Antioch Baptist Church, who is the main sponsor of this radio program, uh, we are never, ever taking for granted those who support the radio programs, who listen to our podcast as well. And just a part of our church family is the way we consider you. Uh, My co-host, Pastor Josh, and I are very thankful for many of you whom we've met in person And we are very blessed to have you out there listening. And we hope every program is certainly enlightening, encouraging, inspiring, and just is one that God can use in a very special way for all of you. Let me mention before we get much further that I will be in a special truth conference tomorrow night and Tuesday. That'll be May 8th and 9th at the Volney Baptist Church, 639 Volney Road, at the mouth of Wilson, Virginia there, just out of Marion. Uh, Route 16 out of Marion takes you over there. And I'd love to have you come be with us. Brother Halsey, the good pastor, invites everyone. Again, that is tomorrow, May 8th, Tuesday, May 9th, 7 o'clock, for Truth Conference, dealing with the culture and the challenges of today's culture. Many things that Pastor Josh and I share on our program, we will also be talking about there and the Truth Conference. So come and be with us for this special time, all right? We'd love to have you. This past Thursday was a wonderful experience for me, as again, I enjoyed being part of the National Day of Prayer. For many years now, I've been blessed to be invited to be part of that in some of our local cities, and I was blessed to be part of the one in Bristol, Virginia, at Cumberland Square Park, and so honored to be there this year as well. Certainly, our nation needs prayer. Our nation began with prayer and was founded on prayer to the only true and living God, not Allah, not Buddha, but the only true and living God, Jehovah God. Our government, our nation was founded on those very knees of our founding fathers that bent and prayed. It was October the 15th, 1924, that President Calvin Coolidge said these words, The government of a country never gets ahead of the religion of a country. That is so true. Oh, how I wish that today's government in America realized that. Now, what was he doing and where was he at the time that he made this statement? Well, he was at the intersection of Mount Pleasant and 16th Street in Washington, D.C., He was there to dedicate the statue of Methodist circuit-riding preacher Francis Asbury. Well, we've heard of Asbury University, haven't we, where the great revival broke out, and it's my prayer fires of revival are continuing there. Well, it was named after circuit-riding Methodist preacher Francis Asbury. They were dedicating a statue there, and President Calvin Coolidge was there for the dedication 
and said those famous words, the government of a country never gets ahead of the religion of a country. President Coolidge knew very well, he knew very well that faith in God and public prayer were among the seeds that our founding fathers sowed to plant freedom and democracy in America. He knew they would always be vital for its survival and its growth. A century and a half prior to that, John Hancock helped author the First Continental Congress Proclamation of Prayer in 1775, calling on the 13 colonies to observe, and I quote, a day of public humiliation, fasting, and prayer. That was in 1775. John Hancock got the Continental Congress. They all got together and said, we need a time of prayer. Later on, General George Washington, in the middle of the Revolutionary War, echoed that call in 1779. These and other early leaders knew the true hope of our country was not in politics, but in prayer, not in the power of government, but in the power of Almighty Jehovah God Jesus. That's what they knew. You see, this posture of national prayer found early in our history was echoed this past Thursday on the National Day of Prayer. The theme was James 5 and 16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If we confess our sins, he also says there, confess your faults one to another. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man brings much to pass, doesn't it? And I believe that, and our founding fathers believe that. As a nation, we have plenty to confess, don't we? We have many needs in our land of healing. And oh, my friend, that journey begins, though, with prayer, and I think it ends with prayer and praise. Prayer is more than just an individual conversation with God, and it certainly is that, but it's more than that. It's also a corporate effort. It's a corporate act of repentance and renewal. Throughout the Word of God, God instructed His people to pray. Remember Second Chronicles 7, 14? That was one of our verses at our prayer gathering at Cumberland Square Park. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Then will I forgive their sin. Then Will I heal their land? Doesn't our land need healing today? Oh, yes, desperately we all say that it does. But I believe prayer will be the key to that. You see, right after this verse in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, right after it was first given by God, the statement was first made 300 years to the people of God, the The Jews strayed so far from God that they worshipped pagan idols right in the temple that was built for God. They allowed all kinds of sins and all kinds of actions and philosophies to come into the nation. They turned to idolatry, and they forgot God. But there was a fellow by the name of Josiah, young, young, young king. 
He rose to the throne. One day he read the law of God for the first time. And overcome by God's word, which is what we need today, he repented and called for prayer. Then he read the word of God to the people. He destroyed the idols. He ended the pagan worship and the practices. He reestablished proper worship. And for, for a little time, there was a reviving and a restoring. It didn't continue on, but at least there was the effort under Josiah. Today in America, we find a land full of people straying from God. Church attendance is going down, and many continue to push for the sacrifice of our children to the idol of my choice, my body. I'm going to do what I want to do with my body. It doesn't matter what that little life within me is saying. You know, history history may repeat itself, and it may not. But for one thing, we know that God still hears and answers prayer. On February the 7th, 1952, at the invitation of the Speaker of the House, who then was Sam Rayburn, Sam issued an invitation to the Reverend Evangelist Billy Graham. And he stood, Billy Graham stood on the steps of the U.S. Capitol building, and, and he prayed, and he said, in essence, Oh, God, that everyone would kneel in prayer and come to you. Oh, God, that everyone would realize that you are the only true and living God. And you alone have the answer for us in these days. If you, God, would make yourself known and people in repentance would bow across America. That's what Billy Graham said. And I'm grateful for, first of all, the invitation from the Speaker of the House for Reverend Graham to come and to say those words and to pray and literally to preach those words is what he did. He preached those words, words of repentance and faith toward Christ. We need that today, don't we? I was reading just recently of the number of large businesses and corporations that were started by great Christians and now have gone in the direction of the woke philosophy. Uh, businesses such as Alaska Airlines. We'd never think of that, would we? But Alaska Airlines had at one time, and it's not been that long ago, just a decade or couple ago, that they would give a prayer card with every one of the meals they served to the passengers in flight on their airlines. They had a CEO who was a devout Christian, and he gave a prayer card and, in essence, a gospel track to everyone with their meal. He wanted to promote the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, today, uh, the opposite is true from what I understand about Alaska Airlines and their philosophy. Well, they're not the only ones that had that Christian foundation. Walt Disney. Now, I remember when Walt Disney first began his movies and films and shows I remember it very well just as a little boy that we'd get to watch that on a little black and white set and TV set. And I remember thinking, wow, this is so amazing. But Walt Disney was a devout Christian. Walt Disney was a member of a local church. He was active in his church. He wanted to provide entertainment for the family. 
that was entertainment the parents could be assured of was safe and secure. The children would be growing up with the values of our founding fathers, the values of Americans that knew that prayer was the essence and the key. That would happen. And ladies and gentlemen, don't we need that today? Yes, of course we do. What a thrilling, glorious thing it would be to see the leaders of our country today kneeling before Almighty God in prayer. What a thrill would sweep this country. What renewed hope and courage would grip the Americans at this hour of peril. That was part of the message that Billy Graham preached that day. Well, the next day, Congress proposed legislation for an annual National Day of Prayer that was signed into law by President Dwight D. Eisenhower. The government of a country never gets ahead of the religion of a country. May we be reminded of that. In this past week, the National Day of Prayer certainly reminded all of us of these things. Well, let's don't forget, my friend, that in these days when we have all the wokeism out there among companies and in institutions, when we see that, let's don't forget that the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Ghost, is right here with us. Yes, He is. He is here. He hasn't left. He is God, and He has all power in heaven and in earth. Hallelujah. Our God still rules and reigns, and I want to encourage you at this time of prayer, in this, can I say, season of prayer with the National Day of Prayer just a few days ago, let us be reminded that God is active in our nation today, in our world today. He has not in any form or fashion given up on us You and I, as God's children, know that we can touch heaven. We can seek God on behalf of others. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what Paul tells Timothy that should be done in, first of all, prayers and supplications with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And he goes on to say that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life. The Apostle Paul well knew that as the church of the living God, as the people of God prayed and sought the face of God, it would change the character of government. It would change the philosophy of government. And my friend, we need that today. So I just want to encourage you, before we get to some of the news and information we want to share, that you don't give up on prayer and you don't give up on God because He is doing the work and doing a work today. May we be reminded of that in these days. Hey, I found out that a atheist group out there in Los Angeles County, they are fighting hard against a Christian ministry that puts up yard signs everywhere that says signs that say Jesus saves and says Jesus is God and Christ is coming, signs that talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. They're putting signs up everywhere, and this atheist group is going behind them 
and taking the signs down, stealing the signs. So there's a battle going on. Well, you see the good and the evil there, don't you? You absolutely see that there is a warfare, my friend. Brother Farley, uh, the actually the founder of that organization of the Jesus Signs, was telling us as I read through an article that he wrote of how that many, many thousands of their signs are being taken and stolen uh, by what we know as the atheist group, and even some, quote, woke churches are helping the atheists steal these signs. Isn't that sad? My goodness gracious. Who would ever deny that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Savior, and the way to God is through the Lord Jesus Christ? And those signs say such things as that. Well, I have to present an argument real quickly here, and here's the argument. For the atheist group, if there is no God, as they say, and if they're only the fictitious Jesus, only the historical Jesus at best, if that is the case, I say to the atheist group, then why bother stealing the signs? Why bother the attack against the signs and against this Christian group if there's no God that's like saying, I'm against the Easter bunny. I'm against the tooth fairy. I'm going to steal every sign, everything that advertises Easter bunnies and tooth fairy information. I'm going to do that. And that is so ridiculous. It is. So if they truly believe there was no God, and there absolutely was no true Jesus who was God, then why bother? That's something I've never had answered by an atheist. And I am proud to say, thank God, that the Lord allowed me to win some atheists to the Lord, to see them saved. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, the founder of the ministry we just described, of the Jesus Sign Movement and Ministry, Mr. Farley, he was a former atheist. And one thing that Mr. Farley said was this. He said, how could I have been so blind? And why didn't we see signs everywhere? Why doesn't every Christian put up yard signs all over their yards and everywhere that Jesus is the Savior, Jesus is God, and Christ is the way to heaven? And you see his enthusiasm, former atheist here, having come to know God, how excited he was. Well, I had the privilege of leading a atheist to the Lord, and I'll never forget something he said after about an hour and a half of our conversation and me taking him through the scriptures and showing him where man had failed and where God had stepped in and how man had failed and God stepped in. And after all of that and telling him about Jesus, I'll never forget him sitting upright in his chair and looking me dead in the eye and saying these words, Preacher, you are telling me the truth. Now, Previously, he'd told me he didn't think he'd believe anything I had to say, and he really didn't like being with me, and he didn't like me. Well, all that changed in that hour and a half, and he looked at me and said, you're telling me the truth. I asked the question of him, how do you know I'm telling you the truth? Because you told me earlier you didn't, you didn't think you'd believe anything I said, and you didn't like me, and you didn't like the church, but yet you were fearful but how do you know I'm telling you the truth as I shared with him God's word? I'll never forget his statement. And here's what he said. 
He pointed to his heart, and he said, Because I feel something in here. There's something in here tells me this man is speaking the truth. And then I had the privilege of saying to him, Well, that's something in there is the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Ghost, who is the one that brought you here to my study in this early Monday morning so I could tell you about Jesus and the Holy Spirit is making that truth known to you. Isn't that wonderful? And the Holy Spirit is right here today doing the same thing. He's like a foreign missionary. He hasn't left. No, no, no. He hasn't gone back. He is here, he's working, he's staying until he takes the church home at the rapture to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. What a glorious day that will be. So I want to encourage you, my friend, prayer does change things, and God is still in control. Hallelujah. Well, let's move on a little bit more here and some info that I think we need to uh, share with you. That is our website, AntiochBristol.com, that you can visit. You'll find many ways to connect with us. You'll find ways uh, that you can monitor what we're doing. You can get information about our podcasts, and all of that is on our website, upcoming events here at the church and through our other ministries, our missions ministry. That is AntiochBristol.com. So please keep that in mind. Now, I was very much made aware of some things that were happening in uh, a lot of the uh, church world is the best way to say it. And when I say church world, I'm talking about church world. I didn't say just Christian church, but church world. And one of the things that disturbed me is the moving away from truth. Uh, churches, as I said earlier, actually helping this atheist group out there to uh, steal these signs. But uh, churches who are saying that the Word of God is not really for our day. Uh, it was written so many centuries ago. They were not dealing with the circumstances that we're dealing with today. They were not dealing with that. So it's really outdated. It was for that day. But ladies and gentlemen, we know that is totally impossible because God's Word is absolutely timeless. It will be there in heaven. God's very Word, the Bible itself, will be one of the books that's opened there in heaven. And I'm going to tell you, it is current for every generation it's a timeless book. Our founding fathers knew that, and many, many centuries before them, there when the Bible was given to us and the canon of Scripture was completed, we knew it was the very Word of God that is relevant for every age. So when you hear statements made from, quote, churches that says things like, we know the Bible is inspired, but it doesn't deal with our day or the problems of our day. Well, I say to this in answer to that, it does deal with the problems of today, and it does have the answer for the problems of today. Certainly, 
The Apostle Paul, in the places he went, faced many, many challenges from those cities that he was in, Ephesus and Corinth. They were in every type of sin, sexual sin and every sin you can imagine. They were there, and he addressed it. God addressed it through him, and that word is good for us today. So just remember, God's word is is exactly that, God's Word. It's relevant for our day. It is truth. Now, an alarming thing came out this week. An alarming number is the words to use. Test scores in the U.S. history class and the civics class has declined drastically for eighth-grade students across the country. That's according to a new report that's been released amid the growing concerns about public education and what our kids are being taught. That is that true U.S. history and civics has been, I mean, they've just been neglected or they have been falsified altogether to where the scores have dropped drastically according to this recent report. Again, that tells me we have truth. You and I are going to speak the truth. I'll be in a truth conference dealing with the culture of today and the challenges of it tomorrow night at Volney Baptist Church, Tuesday night at Volney Baptist Church on Volney Road in Wilson, Virginia. We want you to be there, Volney, Virginia area. Come and be with us. But we're going to be talking about such things as this and truth is absolutely under attack today. As Isaiah said it, truth is fallen in the street. But truth will always win. Truth will always win. Let us never forget that. I want to say also, echo a praise to uh, Mr. Martin Brown. He's the, he is the chief diversity opportunity Officer, Mr. Martin Brown, the Chief Diversity Opportunity Officer for the Commonwealth of Virginia. And I appreciate so much some things he said recently, just a couple of weeks ago. He proclaimed that DEI, which is Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, is dead. He said it's time to kill that cow. I say amen to that. You see, the DEI, Diversity, equality and inclusion has nothing to do with its label of diversity, equity, and inclusion. In practice, it divides Americans. It divides Americans. It's not an inclusion. Divides American along racial lines, presumes the guilt with no redemption, is counter to the values that bind us together as Americans, even as Christians, of course. So thank you, Mr. Martin Brown, the head of the Virginia Chief Diversity, Opportunity, and Inclusion Department. Thank you for saying that for the Commonwealth of Virginia. And that's my prayer as well. I'm acting on that very thing, my friend, this DEI being over with. Now, many companies are saying that they're going to promote it, but in Virginia, Thank you, Mr. Brown, for saying no. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is dead. We are going to promote diversity, opportunity, 
an inclusion for everyone because the other is excluding, not including. Hey, I see my time is slipping away. Don't forget, my friend, that your Bible is true, your Bible is current, and stand on truth. God will honor you for doing that. Thanks for being with us today and giving me some time with you. God bless you and keep you safe till next radio time. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at antiochbristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.